Welcome to episode 25 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, back from my European adventures, joined today by Christian. Unfortunately, Chris came down with an illness and could not be with us today, but rest up, brother. We hope you get well soon. We have a special guest with us in studio today, all the way from Hotlanta. Happy birthday to Mr. Luch Rios. Welcome to the studio. Sam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I definitely appreciate all the love from all the fans here. Uh, definitely all the groups here that definitely send their love through the social medias. It's great to be here. I feel at home always when I get over here. Well, for those of you who don't know Luch, Luch is the founder of the Atlanta Chapter Supporters Group of the District 9 Ultras, so 3252 stretch and coast to coast. So a little later today, we will get into the formation of the Atlanta Chapter of a 3252 Supporters Group within the D9U. We may or may not have a special guest pop in a little later to help us tell that story as well. But gosh, man, I, I feel like I've been out of the loop for, for two weeks here as I've been traversing around the Eastern European continent here. So catch me up, man. We've had some games. We've had some fun while I was away. Yeah, there was an Open Cup match. I think that's kind of, well, you missed a two Open Cup, right? Yeah, uh, so there was one, a Real yeah. Salt Lake, which we talked about um, a little bit in the recording before you left the the approach to that game and then we ended up winning that match and then the match you ended up missing was the uh, one against San Jose which was an interesting match uh, I'd say did you have any thoughts on how that match went uh, Luch? Well, I think I think the game was pretty close. Um, than what I was expected from of course last game that we destroyed them over there and at home at their home, our um, home. <laughs> Our home, yeah, yeah we definitely insane. took over that stadium. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching that game on on Fox over there in Atlanta, that you, all you heard was our our fans. You literally didn't hear anything else. Oh, in San Jose, you mean? Yes, yeah, in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. It well, was, they only had like four fans there, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it was definitely closer than what was expected. I think in San Jose, um, ever since that we beat them last time, five zero. They definitely had a little streak going on. They definitely got back together, and um, they found their groove a bit. But, of course, you know, they they still are not on the level, of course, where we're at. Um, but, yeah, it was a great game. I think a little bit of too rough on some certain players of ours, and I think some calls were not made. But, yeah, that's not up to us. That's up to the guys that are doing the refing and all that. But hopefully the next game against Portland, which we all know is going to be a rivalry game, as always, it's definitely going to be a tough one, but I think we'll pull through again. Yeah, no, I, what I would say about the Open Cup match against San Jose is, like you said, San Jose has been improving. There's, uh, They had a little streak in terms of them going up the table, and now in the Open Cup, I think what's going on is they're catching on to what Matias Almeida's system is. They're understanding their roles better. I think they're covering the spaces better and making it a little more difficult on their opponents. I think LAFC is obviously still a lot better, but I think they exposed some things because they got a few through balls in that first goal going through Harvey on the left side. I think they exposed him a little bit, and they didn't allow him to attack as much. It's one of the things I noticed. And I think also exposed Silva and Eddie Segura's newer partnership. It's not as established as Zimmerman, so I don't think they have the same understanding and communication, uh, even though they played well. So 
they forced Cisniega to have like three like one-on-one saves which he performed amazingly I think he's gonna give Tyler a run for his money moving forward because his confidence is gonna be high and if he performs again against Portland there's gonna be a potential argument to be made for him to see actual matches in the actual season so that's what I saw other than that like offensively we did well we scored three goals I think defensively some things were exposed and if other teams were watching I think those are the things that they can go down the I guess our left channel if they have some of the similar systems that they play more of a 4-2-3-1 and I think if another team plays that system to try to expose our left side as an outlet and also cutting back Harvey's aggressive left flank when he goes up to join the attack with uh, Rossi. I mean, so the first game happened while I was on in the my air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I land, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I I get to Europe, I turn the phone back on, and it's just Fido, 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 Fido. Right. So I mean, it was like oh, Zelaya right. yeah, yeah, yeah. fever. Right. So my phone's blowing up, and I'm like, oh, he must have scored. Right. That's and five then, minutes of his life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he kind of put a shot through the wall, and it hit the post, and Dio cleaned it up beautifully. But I mean, right. obviously, I mean, I know how much that means to the Salvi community. I yeah. know how much that means to our fan base. So. That was cool to see that response. I'd still like to see a lot more body of work before I think we can we can make an opinion there. But you know that run up, very long run up, but run up and and that shot looked pretty good from from yeah. what what clips I could grab. And then unfortunately the second game, I was in a spot in the Czech Republic where I couldn't get any signal whatsoever and none of the streaming stuff was working for me there. So yeah. I, I had to wait till the next morning when I could get some Wi-Fi in a cafe. Because it was like, I think the game was at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, um, check time. So I had to wait till the next morning where I could get some Wi-Fi and catch, you know, a little bit of the clip. So I didn't actually get to watch the whole game proper. Um, but from what I was reading and what clips I saw, Assistant Jaeger looked amazing. Some of those saves were killer. They were great. I mean, I think he, he understands the timing of coming out on those one-on-ones. Like, I think he covered the spaces and the angles very, very well. Um, and he can the saves with his feet were impressive to me because um, he's so tall. Like, that's one of the things that, you know, when it's a tall keeper, you shoot low, uh, especially on a one-on-one. But I think he, he could read the body language in the approach of the player's shot so he can anticipate what foot is going to have to be the one that's going to be shifted to, uh, to say, make that save. So, I, And I think uh, he definitely deserved that man of the match last game. Oh, oh for yeah, sure. He was the man. Without um, him, I think <laughs> at least one more goal I, goes in. I actually called him. I put a nickname on him. This guy is Don Pablo. Don this Pablo? Guy is Don Pablo. <laughs> this guy was saving all the shots. And imagine how much, if, if he didn't save those goals, I think we probably would have been going to penalty kicks. I agree. Um, yeah, there were some good saves there. And, then, of course, it definitely demonstrates, you know, with Tyler Miller, of course, playing you know, for the U.S. Oh, on the U.S. bench, um, we definitely have somebody to go to after. Because um, who's the third goalie that we have? Um, Ejimadu. 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 Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, he's played really well as well. Yeah, I mean, he has. Almost, yeah, because we're we're definitely deep in the goal in the goalkeeping. I agree. No, and I mean, he's coming from Real Sociedad. Like he was at a European club. Yeah. Top level. And you, who knows if he doesn't get injured out there. With a you know very serious injury, if he doesn't break into the the first team himself over there, but I think he wanted to restart because of that injury, come closer to home, because um, his parents are, are Mexican American, which is why I was asking myself because I saw some of those clips from the press conference. Like this guy speaks great English, and I guess his parents taught him English because they're Mexican American. They grew up in Mexico, but speaking English, I'm like, all right, this guy understands uh, the cultural. Um, 
uh, of like LA because I think he grew up in a similar way, even though he was in Mexico growing up. So, so uh, he seems so happy. Yeah. If a team came in with a big offer for Miller right now, would you sell? I think it's too. I think it's too early. Um, Reluctantly, if I was, as a fan, no, I would say no. But if if I was the team owner or GM, I, you got him on the cheap, and if if it's a significant offer, then I would, because they've done a good job of already scouting two keepers, like two diamonds in the rough. He was a uh, he was at Seattle not starting. Now he's a starter for us, and we got Real Sos- We got him from Real Sociedad real cheap. And he he's proven to be a good number one too. So well, I think we're certainly in in good hands, right? Uh, you know, oh, in yeah, that case. That. But speaking of wages, uh, Latif gets his option picked up for next year, which I know the fan base is ecstatic about, myself included. My favorite player right there. But yeah. then Latif posts a video online in a conversation with his brother, complaining about his wages and that he wanted to negotiate for a higher salary for next season, and that he wasn't allowed that negotiation. And the team picked up the option at a lower rate than he was happy with. The video was clearly and obviously him disappointed. Uh, and then immediately the video got pulled by him. But the backlash from it is still there. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, I think in all of our hearts he deserves a raise. But do you think the, you know, the the smart business of the game is is getting in the way of the player, and will that affect his performance? Um, I think we can all agree, Latif. I think he's the the running mate in that midfield. Yeah. I, I think he's the one that's been, well, besides Atuesta, who's definitely doing all the assisting. Um, Blessing has definitely been a key part in our midfield. He kept Orta out. That's mm-hmm. the reason we were yeah. we sold him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm definitely glad about that. But <laughs> I think Blessing, by the way he plays, I don't know exactly how much was the wage. Um, do you have the number for that? Or uh, he's making like seventy k right now, which is okay. mad cheap. Like it's, it's mad cheap. It's well, is I, he young? Like yeah, he's twenty two, twenty three, something like that. Okay, so I don't know how the business works. I, if the if they want to give him that certain amount of money, I don't know how much he was winning in the previous teams he was at. But if it's a good offer that LFC is giving it to him, I, I mean, I would take it, especially in his where the way he's been playing. I think his stock might have gone way up now. It just depends on how the negotiations go, um, and that's up to the front office that's definitely running that. Yeah, so he, we got we got him on the expansion draft from Kansas City, right? And then he was, when we first got him last year, he was making in the 50s, which is really, really inexpensive, especially living in L.A. It's not a good wage, so he got a bump up into like in the 70s for this year. And since it's a team option that's getting picked up, um, I think it's prudent as a business for LAFC to pick up a lower wage. I'm sure it's it's going to increase next year, but it's still not going to be in a way where he's able to negotiate, right? Like, that's why he's upset because he is going to have more bargaining and negotiating power because of his performances. And if he were to go into the open market, he would be able to get other offers around the MLS or even internationally. Um, so, so that's one of the things to think about. Um, So I was trying to find the exact stats right here because I know someone posted it and I was looking at it today, but in in all the confusion of uh, the travel and whatnot, I seem to have lost it. But there was 
uh, a list of his statistics of all the categories in which oh, he is top, top five, five yeah. in the yeah, MLS yeah. in. Yeah. And there was about seven or eight major statistical categories. Yeah, it was like duels, dribbles, fouls against, uh, assists. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I saw that same post. And I was looking for the exact numbers because yeah. I wanted to read those back out, but I, I don't have them on me at the moment. But when, when you looked at those numbers, it made a very compelling case for him to get a raise. The, the I, fact that he's making under 100000 compared to the rest of the team, and Season is making almost twice as much than Miller if you want to get into salaries, and he's not even the number one. Yeah. Um, and like going back to me saying that Orta, who was making millions of dollars, he couldn't even get in a starting lineup up against a guy that's making seventy thousand. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I agree that he shouldn't be happy because he had no negotiating power because this was a team option. Um, but from LAFC standpoint, they're going to save money um, and keep him for another year. Who he is a fan favorite. So, how it affects his play, I don't know. Right? I don't know how if it, if it's going to be reflected on the field, him being unhappy and throwing a fit. It doesn't seem like that's the kind of person he is. But you know, things change as you improve and if you have that as your only leverage of you not wanting to perform or play nice because you're not getting paid what you feel like you're valued as maybe he can ask for a transfer uh, which is the last thing I want because he's my favorite player but he has been undervalued and the times that I've run into uh, John Thorrington and uh, me and my wife or Tom Penn and different events we've always said the one first thing we say our names and then we need to pay blessing more that's because that's how we feel you hear that latif come on the show and talk to us about it yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah he's definitely the people's he's the people's champion yeah, yeah. Man. especially i love his vision of what he's doing with his native country yeah I heard somebody Ghana. phrased it to me this way um if you interviewed the fan base i mean obviously vela is going to come in at number one but i think latif would probably come in at number two in a fan vote yeah. um Legitimately, and the guy's making less than a Walmart manager, right? I mean, it's true. You, you or know, in and out manager, like, you know. I mean, that's yeah. that's. It he, just depends on what's right, what region of the country we're in. You know? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Obviously, we're talking about LA market here, yeah. but but certainly the market extends a little bit beyond Los Angeles. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can touch on that in a sec here as well too. Um, so, but I just think that look, the guy needs to get paid. The guy needs to get paid. Yeah. Front oh. office, John, force the guy. Give him some money. Give him the man. Give him the money. <laughs> so, I mean, with that, we have Portland coming up for the U.S. Open. We have uh, Colorado this week um, on Thursday at Colorado, uh, league game. And there's going to be a run-up of, in the next 20 days, I think there's like four or five matches, which is kind of crazy, in the month of July. That uh, is definitely, whoo, that is a hectic schedule. But then again, um, that is basically going to show... How deep? How deep we definitely are. Right. Um, and I think it gives the opportunity to some guys on the bench to definitely get some playing time. Because uh, I definitely know not all the starters are definitely going to be starting all those games. They can't. Um, they okay. definitely can't. And it's definitely going to tear on their bodies a bit. Um, I, um, I, I think I saw on the schedule there's a two-day game period between the U.S. Cup and then a Houston game. I'm, I'm not fully sure on that. Yeah. But that, that is definitely – oh, you're definitely – done playing and then you're probably going to just travel right away well we've seen some rotation we've seen that squad come in and and not perform to the exact same level as first team but that really 
shouldn't be expected, but they've still got the job done. Um, so, you know, how they prioritize the cup run versus, you know, how we're looking on the table right now, you would have to think that, you know, the priority is going to be bringing home a trophy right now and is not going to be, you know, perhaps some of these games on the table right now. And that might be where we see the rotation. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as as that progresses over the course of the next month or so. Obviously, we got a lot of big games coming up in the next month. So, I mean, we can't be overworking people and then be going with tired legs into some of those big games towards the end of next month anyway. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to see, and we'll see how that all pans out. Yeah, but, it'll uh, be six matches over the next yeah. 30 days, which is crazy. And then for this week, Friday the, the 28th is at Colorado. Um at 7 p.m., then next Wednesday at Kansas City. Then they come home to uh, Vancouver uh, on the 6th. Then on the 10th, that's the one you're talking yeah, about. that's the one I'm talking like, about. Three, four days later at at the bank against Portland. And then they're going to play against um, Houston. Houston two days later. That's, 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 that's crazy. Damn. So within six days, they're going to have three matches. That's intense. It's going to be a fun week. Oh, it's yeah. definitely going to be a fun and month. And then that, that leads up to the Carson match. Oof. You know, and then I guess the defending champs yeah. on the 26th. So it's a, it's a packed it's a July. It's a packed July. So um, we're going to need to, uh, you know, really test the entire roster to see how this comes out. So, yeah. you know, we shall see. But yeah. I think it's time we move on to the gentleman who's been so kind to join us all the way from the East Coast, Mr. Luch Rios. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the beautiful game uh, and, and what led you to LAFC? Well, I mean, I guess I'll start from the roots then. I'm basically from a family. We're Salvadorian. And, of course, a few months ago we found that we were actually Italian descendants. Oh really? Um yeah, we I took a <laughs> it's it's funny when I talk about me? that. Uh we I took a DNA test. Uh-huh. Um and then my father didn't really acknowledge his heritage. He tells me that we have family in Italy. Oh really? Yeah, we have family in Florentina. Oh, okay. And I was like, Why don't you tell me before? Oh, I definitely I didn't really embrace my culture like that. And so, you know, <laughs> so so, I, I don't understand that. But he was born in El Salvador, of course. Yeah. Um Oh, my, um, con- my condolences our... <laughs> uh, for uh, the other night. Oh, Gold oh Cup, man. <laughs> but, yeah, um, soccer has definitely been in my family. Um, my dad actually knew Mexico Gonzalez from El Salvador. Really? Um, yeah, That's awesome. He, yeah, I'm Salvadorian, too. Yeah. So yeah. He definitely knew Mexico Gonzalez. Um, I don't know if they keep in touch still today. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, soccer has definitely been in our family. Um, we, we have family um, that actually plays in the, the soccer league over there in the Liga Pepsi. Yeah. Um, but they're like they're with the minor teams. Uh, my dad's team is Laguila, who basically won the championship. That's my team right there. So my family's from uh, San Miguel. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, when I was a little kid, um, uh, I played as goalie when I was a little kid. And of course, you know, um, I definitely, as people know, I am a Bayern fan. Um, I definitely, Mia San Mia. Mia mm-hmm. San Mia all the way. I mean, that's, uh, I'm not going to say, I mean, there's only one team above LFC, and that would be Byron. That's that's me, because I definitely have embraced it. Uh, it's in my blood, basically. And, of course, you know, with the help of the the Mia San Atlanta chapter over there, well, I definitely def want to give a shout-out to Heather and her husband, John, who definitely made that group um, more than expected. We have over 500 members right now, and we're still growing. Um, every day we have new Bayern members come through. And as I recall, 
Um, Bayern has the most support groups in the entire world. Oh, really? Um, it, yeah, it's it's. I think it was proven on Bleacher Report. Okay. It was posted by Bleacher Report. And I'm definitely proud to be in the atmosphere. But then um, I will say LAFC, when they were announced um, back in 2015, mm-hmm. um, at that time, um, MLS, I did follow the MLS back when, you know, the 90s, of course, the other team that we, you know, mm-hmm. um, back in the day when Kobe Jones was playing, um, I definitely followed them. Same um, Fuegos. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, since then, um, when it was that uh, like period where the MLS really wasn't as big, um, during that thousands period, I really didn't keep up with the MLS. And I just focused on all on Bayern. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the vision of LAFC, that shoulder to shoulder, um, you know, community, that's what I like. I like the community-wise. Um, there could be big teams that, you know, they're big, but really they don't do anything for the people right. or for the fans. And so, you know, I love the vision. I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. They played their first game against, uh, of course, um, Seattle. I loved it. Diego Rossi scored that first goal. Man, I was like, dude, this thing is going to be special. So why not be a part of it? Right. You know, and I, I started meeting the right people. Um, I met, I met the staff when they came to the game last year, um, to Atlanta. Oh, in Atlanta, okay. Yes, I met the right people at the right time. I met Benny, I met Rich, I met all those guys over there at the tailgate. But I think the guy that really got me really involved was Slim. Oh, yeah. Slim? This guy, oh, shout out to Slim, dude. This guy, oh yeah, definitely <laughs> shout out, man. Where he is at, man. He always comes to Atlanta every once in a while. And he let and he lets me know, you know, yo, Luch, I'm coming back to Atlanta, man. Can you pick me up? I was like, yo, we're gonna definitely chill for a bit. You know, we gotta yeah. talk. And I was like, oh, this guy was the one that motivated me. You know, do the support group. And so, you know, I was thinking of doing my own. Yeah. Of course, you know. But then again, you know, I met the I met some right guys at the site at the right. So what time. brought you in your life to Atlanta? Yeah, let's let's go back to growing up. Like, well, I was born, I was born in Rhode Island, and you know, at that time, um, well, my parents tells me, you know, they migrated to the United States due to the war. Yep. Um, in El Salvador, and they wanted to escape it, so they, you know, they left the United States, and of course, my my sister was born. They left my sister over there, and of course, they came without her, and so my my parents, they came here. And then they made they made their way all the way to Rhode Island, where I was born. And then we were trying to find you know a place to actually locate ourselves, find our you know our place to be. But you know at that time tough, things were tough. Yeah. Um, they didn't know the language, they didn't know their surroundings, and so they were going it was place cold. to place. <laughs> oh yes, Rhode <laughs> Island is definitely a cold place to be. <laughs> yeah. And so you know they were going place to place. Um, we tried Connecticut. It didn't work out for us. We had family in all those uh, states that we were going to. Mm-hmm. They were telling us, here's great. Yeah. And we were going to see it for ourselves. And then we came to Los Angeles around 99, around the thousands, like pre-Kobe Shaq era. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. It's a good time where, to be a Laker fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those were the great times. But, you know, my dad, he still didn't find his, you know, his perfect spot. So we we went to Texas. He didn't still find it. You know, I was like, and he was having second thoughts. You know, do you think the United States is really for us? I was like. And at that time, the war finished, of course. And he was thinking, maybe we should go back. But then he said he got a job offer from one of his cousins. He says, Atlanta is the right place for you. So let's give it a shot. And then from there, since 01, we've been living in, in Atlanta. It's been, it's been a great time over there. I don't like the weather. I will say that. Um, it's definitely not as humid over there compared to here. 
but yeah, you know, ever since then, you know, we found our, our our place. You know, it's a great community. It's a great city to be in, especially yeah. with all that's going on nowadays. Especially uh, with the movies being starting to be recorded over there, it's yeah. amazing. What's so it? What's, um, what's soccer culture like? The Walking over there? Dead's over there. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, based in. Um, it's like outside Atlanta. Um, it's like, outside Atlanta. Yeah. I think um, most of the recordings are actually being uh, recorded in the city of. Uh, I'm not. F- to be honest, I don't even watch Walking Dead. I don't either, but I know that's um, a big. I think it's thing in, in Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Athens, or if it's. Um, well, I wouldn't know because I'm not a Walking Dead fan. So, but I'm just giving a guess. Um, but soccer culture over there is really hardcore. Uh, it's when, recent though, right? Um, let's just say Atlanta United definitely has a hardcore following over there. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is definitely one of the. Let's say it's one of the greatest fan bases I've seen. But I feel like you know, in once in one certain area, you know, I didn't feel like they really, you know, touched me. You know, I feel like I didn't feel the vibe there. Um, I think Atlanta's in a way it's too big. And so you know, like I said, I'm a really small niche guy. I really like helping within the community as much as possible. You know, LFC was definitely with their vision of shoulder to shoulder. Um, they definitely did something that you know they they do a lot of the 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 soccer a little for the youth. They have all these events and everything like that. I really don't see that as much over there in Atlanta when they do that. Um, so when people talk about LAFC, they talk about there being a vibrant soccer culture in LA. It just needed a place to call home. Do you feel that that's the same in Atlanta, or has you know a new team and just people being sports fans and being are they, are they new to soccer and that's how they arrive to it, or or did it did it have sort of that same idea as it does here? Well, to, well, some of our, some of my friends who are Atlanta United fans, they told me that when Atlanta was announced as a soccer city or as a soccer place to be, they embraced it. They wanted soccer in their city. There was a team back in the day that was called the Atlanta Silverbacks, and a lot of a lot of people actually went to those games. Um, and then, of course, you know, there was a, another team, of course, in hockey. The Thrashers were no longer there. Right. Yeah, all their sports teams were getting, you know, you know, taken away from them. You know, and all they had were the Hawks and, of course, the basketball and the Falcons, who definitely <laughs> yeah. have been having a rough patch lately. But, you know, when Atlanta United was announced, p- people doubted them. They were, they were not, um, this is not going to work. And they were saying, if this is not work, we're only going to give it a few years and stuff like that. When they were announced, everyone got together. Um, they they sold out uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium um, the first few games. All the signings, they were like, yo, we got a good signing here. And then they announced uh, the coach of last year, um, which was the Mexican national uh, uh, Tata Martino. Yeah, Tata Martino. Yeah. yeah, this guy had a great vision. Of course, and I think something special was going to go on. But, yeah, um, the culture over there has definitely impacted a lot of the – of the, what's now today, of course, they won the championship last year. Right. And, of course, their fan base. Um, but, you know, this year... Would you say, I guess, going back to uh, Jonathan's question, was there already, a, uh, like, a soccer football culture there that just needed a team? Or was it because the team was established and they were winning because they made the right coaching decision and, you know, got the right players and spent money to 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 that be is it is it the winning that brought the te- the the fans? I think it's both. Oh, it's both. Um, I think it's both. Um, the culture definitely was there because we we they have a lot of soccer events over there. Gold Cup was always over there. Right. Um, what's well, a big city with a yeah, lot well, of a like great big city. minorities? And, and, and yeah. believe it or not, 
I always tell people that, you know, the biggest um, community over there in Atlanta when it comes to um, Hispanics are Mexicans. Right. And then after this, the second part, which is weird, it's actually Puerto Ricans. Well, it's close enough, it's I like guess, It's right? Puerto Ricans. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I can't believe even Puerto Ricans who ha- don't, you know, they're not really a soccer. Um, they're not. You're right. They're not really a soccer uh, country. country yeah. But they embrace, you know, Atlanta, you know, and then and they think that's like their, their game, you know. And I and I tell them, you know, there's actually a there's actually a team in Puerto Rico that people don't know about. It's true. Um, it's called Puerto Rico FC. And I was like, I was like, how come y'all don't follow them? Well, Hurricane Maria happened and everything like that. It's so a, they always have a Atlanta, nation. Yeah, too. they always have Atlanta United to go yeah. to, and you know they consider that their you know their Mexico. Uh, that's their basically where they get together, you know. But and, and also a way they're winning of last year when they won. A lot of people got got there. But this year, I have I've seen a little bit of a difference. When of course, when they had a rough patch last year, I mean um, the beginning of this season. Yeah, this yeah, se- yeah, yeah, this season. Yeah, I saw a lot of people doubting them. Like, really, was this championship really theirs? And then, of course, you know when we started our first watch parties this year, um, a lot of people were actually uh, asking us, oh, "What's LAFC?" Oh really? And I was like, yeah, and a lot of, of course, everyone knows who Vela is over there. Of I mean, course, they actually yeah. asked me. They they actually asked me to give get some jerseys of his because <laughs> of Carlos Vela, because you know Vela is the guy over there, right? Um, and they they know LFC because of Carlos Vela, and now that we got, we also signed Salaya, all the Salvis over there also are yeah. telling us, yo man, I need I need a Salaya jersey. That's <laughs> funny. So yeah, it's a mixture of both. Well, I think also I. In, I guess this season, LAFC is leading everything just like Atlanta United was yeah, last, like year. last year. So I think if these fans continue to follow the league, they're going to become more aware of LAFC just because of their performance, right? So they're probably looking forward to when LAFC comes into town, which happened last year, so that's not going to happen this year. But they're going to come out here actually in, the, in July. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wonder what kind of viewership there's going to be in Atlanta um, because I do agree with you that I think a lot of the fans might be a little disappointed in the style of play with the new coach because it's more pragmatic and less direct. Tata Martino was more exciting. Uh, <laughs> like the way they played, like they attacked and they, they tried to score a lot more quickly, you know? A lot uh, of people were saying in the first few weeks, DeBoer out, DeBoer out. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely not the guy for the system. Right. He definitely brought a whole system that was his. It right. didn't work out. And now... With the season that's going on right now, it's it's actually changed. Yeah, you know, it, it took some time. Yeah, it's it like, some time. It's like I mean, San Jose, right? Yeah. I mean, we were blessed with Bob Bradley, who went the system the right way with the right guys, you know. He was the one that basically got all those players right now. I mean, he, he definitely helped out the, uh, the the front office as much as possible. He did, yeah. Um, it's a good conversation the, that him and the GM has oh, yeah, to bring John. players for the system. Yeah, I mean, we're blessed to have... Mr. Bob, <laughs> Bob the Builder, <laughs> uh, he definitely helped what we are today. He definitely established what we are playing. We have a lot to, to you know, to to get. Um, I think the the rough patch that we're definitely going to go through this month that's coming up, coming up, um, it's definitely going to test our guys and it's a, and it's system. Um, and you know, with Atlanta coming this year. Um, it's definitely going to be a great. It's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be the game of the season. So, Atlanta existed at least one year before LAFC. Did you're saying that that didn't tempt you at all? Like because you know this is the sport you enjoy the most, and the team did really well their first season. They almost won the championship the first season that they were around. 
like you just you're just like oh I'll go to the games and stuff but I don't feel like this I is actually my team. went I actually went to a few games uh, my friends invited me to Bobby Dodd Stadium um, but you know I was like one of those guys uh, this is this team really gonna be the team to go for I was like there could be something better I was like okay. Uh, there was there was an instance I was actually gonna go for Atlanta United, but I just felt like no, this is not the team. You know? Was it brand? Was it culture? Was it what part of their identity? Was it their fan base? What what was it that, you know, caused you to gravitate towards the black and gold? I think is um, I always tell my friends this. I mean, I I had a great time when I was living here in L.A., and of course I am a Laker and a Dodger fan. You know, I actually want to be around the teams that you know. Or within the community, or like within the cities, you know. And I feel like Atlanta. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's they're a great city and all, but there is a culture out there that definitely is not what um, shows what Atlanta is. Because um, I see it all the time, you know, with their f- other teams and the other sports. You know, when they lose, they criticize them so hard that they actually leave the team. I mean, we don't. I don't want to say bandwagon, but you know, they go to another team, they let the go for and all that. But you know, I was like, no, nah, man, you gotta be diehard. Yeah, hard. You know, yeah. and of course, I've been living in Atlanta for a long time. You know, I mean, all the teams I've been there have, have definitely changed a bit. You know, they've gotten better. Some have definitely stayed the same. Um, but you know, I, I just didn't really feel the vibe for Atlanta United. And so when, like I said, when 2015 um, LFC was announced. I actually gave it. I gave it a shot, and I loved it. I loved. I actually loved their logo. I mean, that was basically one of also things that you know they're L A with the Angel A on it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Art Deco. And, yeah. Yeah. And Ooh. then when Vela was signed, I was like, wow, this that's a great signing, because uh, I definitely followed Vela when he was in Arsenal. Um, of course, he also was in um, Sociedad. Sociedad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely did great things. I actually wanted him on my Bayern squad for a bit too. I wanted him to be the first Mexican to ever play for Bayern, but it didn't happen. Um, he was a great. I think. I think he went to. I think he went to Europe too young. Um, when he was signed for Arsenal, and he well, he couldn't get a work permit. I mean, I was stoked. I still have my Arsenal Vela jersey hanging in the Man, closet, dude. That is like, a. That um, is a treasure right there to have. <laughs> um, I. I just it's so frustrating sometimes with the UK system where the you get these players that have the talent clearly had the talent. Um, but they just wouldn't give them a work permit because of some antiquated rules about, uh, you know, how they go about issuing people these these rights to work in their country. Um, so, I mean, he ended up not being able to play at Arsenal just because of a, a political issue, really, which mm-hmm. is very frustrating. But, I mean, to your point about, you know, Bayern, I mean, you know, I haven't just got back from, from, from Austria and Germany. Um, you know, I know how much... And I've spent a lot of time in Munich. The German people love Mexico. Like, there's a huge, huge passion amongst the Germans for, for Mexico and, and Mexican soccer. And I'm really, really surprised that we don't see more star Mexican players going to play in Germany. Just because, I mean, those two fan bases, well, maybe maybe not most recently, but in the past, um, you know, have, have quite a fondness for one another. And, you know, I mean, I, even talking to a bunch of, you know, German soccer fans, they're like, you know, if we're going to lose, if somebody was going to beat us out, Mexico, okay, like, it almost kind of softened that that miserable blow last year. I could go off on a tangent as to why I know not more Mexicans go there. We'll save that for another show. Yeah. I also want to say... The contracts was... in Mexico are hard to break. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of, 
intra team and intra league to corruption to keep players there. It's so hard to even get more players leaving. So the fact that there's more now is actually a progression, and I think it's because they're realizing that there's a lot of money to be made when they sell them. Um, which before they wanted to squeeze as much as they could out of them before letting them go. With that being said, why don't we get to the discussion of the formation of the D9U Atlanta chapter. Uh, And with that, I feel like we need to summon our special guest. So uh, without further ado, let us welcome back to the show the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ray Mysterio. What's up, everybody? What's going on? (laughs) <laughs> Hola, Jefe. Glad to have you back in studio. So happy to be with us. So, boys, now that you're both here, please tell us, how did a supporter group chapter for LAFC start in Atlanta, Georgia? That was very crazy. So I'll let this guy start it, and then we'll get into it, how we made it big. Yeah. Well, we I met Ray um, the first year in San Jose. That was a great away game that I definitely went to. That was actually the first away game I actually went to uh, for LAFC. Wait, so you went from Atlanta all the way to San Jose to follow LAFC? I did. Wow. I definitely went. Incredible. You know, I, I actually wanted to feel the, the 3252 and it's away days, which are best. <laughs> right. So I went there. I met Ray and I met Julio. And, you know, we you know we talked. I was like, I don't know. I'm coming from all the way from Atlanta. I was like, Really? I was like, yeah, so what What are you doing over here? Well, I actually want to start a group over there. I was like, so show me what the D9U is about, you know, what's the vision behind it. You know, and I definitely, I actually love the logo as well, you know, Ultras. And so, you know, from discussion and, you know, we actually were to, able, uh, were to make it happen with five guys over there. I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Marcos, Tucker, um, Hunter, who's in South Carolina right now, and also... Um, um, there's a guy, I don't, I would say his name wrong. Um, I definitely don't want to say it wrong. Um, you know who yeah. you are. Uh, yeah. He's in Ethiopia. He's in Ethiopia right now. Okay. Um, he's Is he Ethiopian. Yeah. He's Ethiopian. Okay. Um, he's on a missionary trip over there. Cool. But those five guys have definitely helped me the most. Like, you know, doing a one man job is definitely, it's definitely hard, you know, but those guys have definitely helped me out. You know, we had, we had a discussion and all that, and of course, you know, all those guys pitched in. You know, let's 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 do this. You know, especially with a big LA community over there in Atlanta, I think we can make it happen. So we started a D9U chapter this year. Uh, we had a fair few watch parties. Uh, our first watch party was against Portland. Um, we wanted. I want to give thanks also to Jimmy's, who was the restaurant, who embraced us because they love our vision. They they saw what. Um, the LAFC community is doing. They love, of course, Carlos Vela and all those. And they embraced us. They had us for our watch parties, you know, and from five guys to right now, we have 45 people in our group. Yeah. So, and that's just word of mouth. We haven't even started promoting literally, you know, on commercials or like radio or anything like that or, you know, on a social media aspect. Um, we just post someone, oh, here's our watch parties that's incredible i mean it's, we it's have amazing we have supporters groups here at the bank that don't even have 45 members to it um and to be able to grow a chapter 
on the complete other side of the country and get it to 45 members in that short and amount of time without even a stadium to go to, that's that's truly an amazing thing. So, Ray, I'm, I'm really curious, Hefe, to hear your side of this story as to this guy approaching you and how it went about from uh, a leadership within the Ultra standpoint. When, when I first met uh, Luch, I was like, wow, am I that drunk? This guy looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, don't even get started on that New York trip. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, we started talking, and you know what? It's... For us, when, when, when D9 says we're family, I mean, we really meant it. We pretty much adopted this guy with, um, with the vision of just growing the passion for LAFC. See, our vision as, as District 9 has always been expanding. And, and not, just, not just the brand, D9U, because, you know, I mean, whether we like it or not, you know, just turn into a brand. It was about sharing the passion and taking it to the next level. You know, I mean, a lot of people that are out there, they just want something to hold on and, and grow it. And we saw that in Luch. We saw that he wanted to do something, and, you know, we have the tools, but let's, let's make it happen. And, you know, almost a year after, then it's it's something else. I mean, I have to agree with Ray. I mean, it definitely was a hard first year uh, when we were first starting off. Because at first it was all a vision. And today, it's still for me, it's a dream, and it's still a dream. Because I have a lot of expectations. I, I still have a lot of things to do. It's a lot of work to do uh, to definitely get everyone to know that there's an LEFC support group in Atlanta. Um, it's it's day by day. I'm not rushing anything. I definitely don't want to rush it because I definitely – it didn't take me – Rome was not built in one day. And so I definitely want to get it to the point that I do it right. I don't want to end up like, you know, one of the supporter groups, you know, that make things happen, but at the end they don't do it right. Yeah, and and we always talk about organic. You know, it's, it's just word, word by word. You know, it's like that's how we get it across. That's when you know somebody's legit. When you talk to someone and it's like, dude, we've been doing this for seven, eight months. I'm like, I never heard of it. I'm like, look, it's only three of us. You know, we're still going strong. So join in, jump in the boat. Let's do it. Yeah, but it's been a great time. I mean, from the day one, so I met these guys. They've embraced me, like like he said, like a like family member. And every time I come here, you know, I always tell them, uh, I always update them what's going on over there. What are what are we thinking of doing in a few upcoming few months? We have a lot of um, trips that we're planning, um, especially the Orlando trip in September, which is, will definitely be a road trip for us. We're coming for you, Orlando. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be like our San Jose. That's a it's a good six hour drive <laughs> to Orlando. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Um, we have everybody on board right now that are definitely going to Orlando. And that's going to be our first, basically our first group road trip there. So if someone is listening to this show and they are in the southeastern seaboard and they want to get involved or get in contact with you, uh, is there a social media platform? How do you go about having people reach out to you? Well, right now, at the moment, we have a Facebook group, uh, the D9U Atlanta LFC Supporters Group. Um, that's on Facebook. Of course, you can always find me on social media, on Instagram. You just follow me, Luch Rios. Um, I'm definitely, my, my, my right-hand men are definitely not the guys to like go to. I'm like, oh, just go to Luch. He knows how to do it. Um, so we have a, a Facebook group right now. Of course, we can always follow the District 9 Ultras page on, on Instagram. They're the ones that are going to tell you, yo, Luch is the guy to go to. Definitely give him a, give him a, um, Give him a shout out or give him a heads up, you know. And where are your watch parties again? Um, we have two locations. Uh, well, um, Jimmy's in Dorable, Georgia. 
Um, they are basically in this epic center of between Gwinnett and Lawrenceville, where Walker Zimmerman's from. Um, um, that's basically our watch party location. And we also have a event planning location, which is Giovanni's Restaurant in Osto, Georgia, in East West Connector. We do all our event and, of course, our planning there because uh, the owner there is actually an LFC uh, fan himself. And so, you know, <laughs> I got him his jersey and everything. And he was like, So did you convert him? Or no, 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 no. Really? no. Um, he, actually, he actually saw the jersey I was wearing. He was like, let me find out what that team is about. He's Salvadorian as well. Okay. And of course, and when he saw that Salaya was signed there, he was like, get me a jersey. <laughs> and he loved he loved LSC. He loved the you know the the colors, the colors, the crest. You know? uh, and he was like one of, one of you know he was asking me. Um, I asked him why weren't you going for Atlanta? Eh, I don't really feel it as well. But I love your jersey, so get me one. And then from day that day, he told us if you want to have this spot for us, if you want to have this spot, um, uh, it's all open for you. You can do all your event planning here, your award ceremony if you wanted. And, of course, if you have an event here, we'll have all the food ready for you guys. And so, yeah, wow. they, yeah, it's two locations right now. Um, we're also planning some events also later on in August because we have a Dodgers series over there. So we're definitely going to do a lot the of good promoting over nice. there. Uh, for the Because, like I said, the LA community over there is huge. So um, you said Walker Zimmerman's from the area. Have you reached out to him to try and get him or his family I actually family talked involved? to him, and I actually talked to him in, um, in Houston for the, the devastating U.S. Cup semifinal last, uh, last year. year. Yeah. yeah, after the game, and you know, uh, we were around the bus. I told him, Walker, I'm coming all the way from Georgia, and it was like Lawrenceville. I'm close by, <laughs> you know. And he was like, Yo, man, I love having some hometown guys. You know, he's definitely, you know, you know, home hits. You know. Anytime, you know. I mean, I know he told me that he does have family still in, in Georgia. Um, I definitely talk to him sometimes on Instagram through um, direct message. Yeah, through a direct message. And he was like, yo, man, I love what you're doing. And of course, I mean, you know, if there's any way we can get involved and, you know, we can make it happen, you know. Um, but, you know, especially with the, with the season going on, you know, I definitely it's a hectic schedule. So Plus I mean, this year, I'm, there's no game out there. It's cause they no, alternate. there's no yeah. game out yeah. there this year. Yeah. Um, of course, I didn't get to talk to him when he was in Atlanta last year. The only guy I got to talk to over there um, at that time was actually Urena. Oh, really? Um, at that time. Um, that was about it because I had a few friends that were Costa Ricans that got there and they were with me. You know, we got to talk to him for a while, you know. Uh, they were telling me, you know, you're LAFC fans. Well, I was like, yeah. I was like. That's cool. And, of course, that that last year we didn't have a supporter section in Atlanta. Um, so there were LAFC fans, but they were just all around. Um, and I met a few of them over there at that time, and I, I got to meet some people. But at that time, the D9U wasn't really there yet, you know. It, the vision was there. I just didn't, at that time, I didn't think about it. Imagine if, imagine if it was established, like, and I would have been giving out uh, cars to these guys. You know, imagine Flyers, how many. So yeah. I think, I think the next time when LFC goes to Atlanta next year, yes, next year. Yeah. Imagine how many fans I'm actually going to start meeting for a group. Oh, we're going to travel deep to that match. I know for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think I know. everybody wants to. Everybody wants to take it with Atlanta. See if they're loud enough. So Atlanta, we're coming for you next year. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, and, and next year, I mean next month too. <laughs> no, next, oh, month, next no. month. Hey, uh -huh. you know, talking about next month real quick. Uh, when we play Atlanta, it's gonna be the first time we're gonna have all the chapters of DNU at the bank. So, oh. so it's gonna be special. We're looking forward to it. We got the guys from Portland. We got the guys from uh, Bakers, 
And very soon, we're going to be launching the Ventura County chapter oh, from District 9. Huh? And Atlanta? And Atlanta's going to be there, gonna too. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're definitely going to be there. Um, we don't know exact number, how many people are going to come. But we're definitely going to be there, especially, um, I mean, it's it's a big, it's, it's like I said, it's a big month. Um, especially the week before we play Carson, who's not going to want to go to that game as yeah. well, you know? And, you know, it's, I, it's good, like you said, all the chapters are going to be there. It's, it's going to be an amazing time, especially, you know, that just shows how family is. I mean, our, our family keeps growing. So with all these chapters springing up, maybe you could take us through a little bit of the process as to how one goes about forming a chapter. If we have a listener out here, you know, we have listeners of this show from, you know, from Europe, from from Australia. I mean, if they wanted to go about starting a supporters group in their hometown, I mean, Ray, you could take them through one side and, and Luch, you could take them through another side of how that would happen. Well, I will say some of our Atlanta chapter guys actually live in South Carolina as well. Um, it's not just Georgia. Um, we actually had a few guys, um, they were in Greenville, South Carolina, and they were asking us, yo, how can we start something over here? Well, let's have a meeting and all that. You know, it doesn't, I mean, of course, um, not every, not every region of the United States has the games, you know? I mean, I did tell, of course, uh, today when I was at the LFC office, we were having some problems watching a few games over there. Um, ESPN plus, of course, we have it. Um, uh, but YouTube TV, we don't. Um, we can only watch what's in within our region. We uh, actually know. We actually watch national YouTube TV. We don't have the regional channels. So when an LFC game is on YouTube TV, we can't watch them. So we have to base on what national television is. You got to get a VPN, my friend. <laughs> Even YouTube? though I still can't get it. YouTube TV, yeah, yeah. come on, make it happen. Yeah. All right? yeah. We know you guys are listening. Um, so. Yeah, and so when the South Carolina guys came to me, you know, let's, what is D9U about? You know, I was like, it's it's all about family. It's all about, you know, getting together, you know, making it happen. And so when the D9U uh, was established in Atlanta, um, it was, like I said, it was a rough patch. It was, it was really hard. And, you know, but as later along at the time uh, when we started doing, uh, planning our watch parties, um, we didn't care about how much people were going to make it, you know. But it was actually a surprising amount that went for our first watch party. Um, it was nine people, nine people that came in. I don't even know most of these guys. They actually came to the watch party. And like I said, it was just word of mouth. So to get one established, I think I think you just got to, you know, talk to, you know, talk to a person that, you know, that wants to have something planned in their, like, location. Or, you know, like, of, you know, because when Jimmy's embraced us, they were looking for a group to actually have uh, like a sports event going on because they all they only have the national events going on, but they don't have any ligas or any league games. So you know when LAFC, uh, when we were discussing about them with well, the LFC games, we're like, okay, let's see what we can do, and let's get all the games together that we can have on our televisions. So, Ray, when a group of people are looking to form a supporters group and they reach out to you, what are sort of the criteria or what are you looking for for them to become a D9U chapter? Well, we, we have our uh, three principles, and we've always said them, passion, loyalty, and brotherhood. Yep. You know, if, if you have those three, man, we can do anything. We can turn this world upside down, and we can make it happen. Just reach out to any of the leadership, and we can walk you through the path. You know, like I tell everybody, it's it's about consistency, you know. Sometimes... A lot of people will come up and be like, hey, look, I want to start something. I got all these ideas, but, you know, this is how I want to do it. And like, and we always tell people it's not how you want to do it. It's how we do it as a collective. 
you know, because whatever has worked for the mothership, which is the NNU, it's worked for every chapter, you know what I'm saying? So even though people are different and people act different in different states because that's the way it is, you know, California, we're very special. And, <laughs> but, but the formula is there, you know, the formula is there. So when you approach people and, and pretty much you open your heart to your vision of, of saying, look, this is, this is what we've done for all this time and we just want to have fun. We want to have fun. We want to continue creating the fan base for LAFC. And this is what District 9 stands for. And if you're down to stand shoulder to shoulder with me, well, let's make it happen. You know, as you were going through that statement, the phrase shoulder to shoulder stood out in, in all of those those ideas you were touching on. So, Luch, this is obligatory. We ask every guest. It is it is the most important question we ask. What does shoulder to shoulder mean to you, sir? Well, shoulder to shoulder means I'm going to defend you. I'm going to back you up. It doesn't matter where you're at. You know, when when I see the 3250, I've been in the 3252 a few times, you know. I feel like these guys have my back all the time. Um, I'm literally going to put all my heart and effort into this, the, to this team. And I've seen it, you know, the benefits from it. I have never been part of, you know, of all the times I've been to a Bayern game before and all that. You know, the 3252 is something else. Um, I've, of course, you know, uh, it's... It's definitely something I can't describe, um, but shoulder to shoulder, definitely I have your back, you have mine's. Like like I said, unity, family, it's something that is definitely can't be explained. And of course, you know, I love being part of it, um, and I definitely don't regret being uh, deciding to follow the team. You know, because this is what I'm here for. I'm, I definitely want to keep building on it. And of course, there's so much to be um, to be accomplished still, but you know, this is. This is the greatest decision I made. Well, it may be something that can't be explained, but it can certainly be felt coast to coast. And we appreciate all your efforts you're doing to help promote the brand out there on the East Coast. And we thank you so much for on your birthday, no less, popping out here. <laughs> and so obviously, much. Ray, thank you as well. No, thank you very much for having us. And um, once again, everybody that is out there listening that wants to join in District 9 Neutral, just follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Shoot us a message. You can find me on Instagram as Jose Salcedo 101 or even just stop by the clubhouse, man. You know, we got a pre pretty cool little spot in uh, North Hollywood. And uh, just come and see us so you can understand it because I think every guest that comes here, it's unexplainable, the feeling of being on the 3252, the feeling of being part of making a history if you're not there. So show up and you will understand. Before we close out this episode, uh, it is obligatory on the show whenever one of us uh, travels outside the country, we we always come back with a little something. So uh, unfortunately, Chris isn't here to receive his half of it. Um, but Christian, I, I got oh. a little something for you. Thank you. From my travel, sir. I'll pass this along over to you. Uh, so when you went to Morocco, Appreciate you came it, yeah. back with a Moroccan scarf for me. Uh, so what you have here is a scarf for the national team for the Czech Republic Very uh, nice. and for Austria uh, from, from when I popped in to, to those two places oh, uh, on summer my scarves trip. Too. I like it. I so you got that. a little, little summer scarf action. It was hot and humid throughout the whole trip. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, a little something, something to, to add to the collection there, brother. I appreciate um, you know, it so some, much. Some podly love. Um, thank you to everyone in the pod fam and throughout the LAFC fandom. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that 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 liked us and followed uh, yeah. all of our excursion throughout Europe there as we were posting pictures and uh, yeah. got a lot of birthday love while I was out there from the boys in the pod and, and boys on some other pods uh, and ladies on some other pods yeah. out there as well, too. So so thank you to the pod fam for that as well, too. It's good to be back. Yeah. And I think next week we'll dive a little bit more into some of the, the clubs we got to go visit and some of the experiences I had over there. But, right. but this about wraps us up for today. So once again, thank you, boys, for coming. A couple, Actually, a couple comments. I uh, wanted to say thanks to... Black Army and the rest of the 3252 for the kickball tournament. Um, that was an amazing experience. Shout out to Philly for uh, playing on the LAO team. Um, stepping in there when we were missing one person. And then shout out to my boy here, uh, Ray. He was a, a tough first baseman. I, I ran into him pretty good, and he st- kept the ball, stood strong. My and, neck and, still hurts, man. I'm going <laughs> to send you the bill. Play, he, played, he played with no shoes, too. I was impressed. <laughs> he, he wore through that shoe. So, you know, shout out to that. I know it was for a good cause, and, you know, it was amazing support, an amazing time, good food, good peoples, and, a, you know, a fun time playing kickball. Yeah, talking about the food, I want to shout out to Christian and, Gil Torres, because they got down, man. The, the tacos, yeah. Really brought in and fed all these hungry punks. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome, man. We had a good time. Yeah, speaking of punks, thank you, Philly, for the birthday present of Misfit tickets at the bank. Oh, so very from, nice. from pod to pod, uh, the boys uh, and gals um, at, at Defenders of the Bank hooked me up Misfit tickets for my birthday, which was an, an amazingly kind gesture. So uh, thank you to all them right. for that as Listeners well. Listeners out there, make sure to follow us on Instagram at LAFCS2S, Twitter, same handle, and uh Facebook.com slash LAFCS2S. Luch, did you want to plug your uh, Instagram? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can follow me at Luch Rios on Instagram, also Luch Rios on Facebook. If you are looking to join the D9U chapter in Atlanta, you can find us on Facebook, D9U Atlanta Support Groups. And you can also go to Jimmy's in Doraville. They actually have a few of our cards as well. Um, you can actually talk to the manager. Um, his, name is, uh, his name is Ivan. Uh, he definitely is helping us a lot, uh, give out the cards. So, and yeah, yeah, that's that's all my So, again, that's at L-U-C-H. Rios. R-I-O-S. Yes. Perfect. No O, no no I at the end. It's just Luch. And we know there's nobody in LAFC fandom that doesn't know how to get a hold of Ray or D9U. Pull your head out of the sand if you need help there. But with that being said, that's going to wrap us up for episode 25. So, thank you, boys. Thank you, everyone. And. Take us home, Sticks. Estamos raza. Showed up, too showed up. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay fly in that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.